Welcome to the DJE Podcast, where you will learn about real estate investing from real life examples. Here's your host, Devin Elder. Okay, guys, today on the show, very happy to dive in with Adam Labar. He is a proud father, Air Force veteran, commercial multifamily investor, and a coach. He's also co-owner of Active Duty Passive Income, where he helps coach and mentor other military members, veterans, and their families how to invest in real estate. So can't wait to dive in. Adam, welcome. How are you? Thank you very much, Devin. I appreciate uh, letting me come on here. I am doing fantastic. How are you? Yeah, doing great. Doing Good. great. So, so appreciate you carving out some time. Uh, the, the Active Duty Passive Income podcast and platform has really grown over the years. How, how, what was the inception there and, and how did that come together? Yeah, so it, uh, the growth has been uh, rather intense, like you mentioned. So, um, you know, I, it was started by a couple of uh, Naval Academy um, guys, uh, Markion and and Mike. So they got together and uh, just wanted to you know, look at real estate and help other people look into real estate, use things like this VA loan that can really help you begin to invest with awesome no tool. money down, you know? Yeah. Amazing um, tool. And uh, so about a year later, I came in contact with them and I had already had uh, some education in uh, multifamily. I hadn't really bought a first property yet. I'd had about four years of just really stuck at analysis paralysis, really learning everything I could. Yep. Um, and they were really wanting to kind of look into the multifamily side and try to help people get involved in that. So uh, they brought me on to help um, help that process kind of uh, show people how I'm doing it as I go through. And then, I mean, everything just happened so fast that it it was difficult to to really make that happen. I mean, I, I got on with them and then I, I bought a property and then became an LP on a property. And then, I mean, it just, it was so fast and ADPI just kept growing so fast that it just, uh, um, really got blown up. We brought another guy on, uh, Tim. And, uh, so he and I run the multifamily education side of the house and work all of that. And it just, uh, um, I mean, now we're at, I don't know, I'm close to 12,000 people in the Facebook group that are, you know, all military members, veterans or their family that are, you know, really loving this real estate stuff. And it's, it's been a really exciting ride thus far. Yeah, that's outstanding. What a cool kind of demographic to, to target, right? I mean, mm-hmm. um, you've got a giant potential user base there. You've got this VA loan product that, is, you know, if, if somebody's not taking advantage of that and they have any interest in real estate investing, it's like this awesome tool, right? Um, and so, and then you've got kind of built in, I'm, I'm, an, I'm imagining, you know, I'm not military, but I certainly appreciate uh, everybody that is military and you know it's like you kind of got this built-in camaraderie uh, I would imagine oh, yeah. right there's kind of like an already a base layer where you're not just putting together a group of random people there's this there's this huge common ground there so I love it um, Absolutely. and and military tends to you know trust other military folks more than anybody else because you know you sure. have that common bond so it just it uh, it's very helpful to kind of just have that community of, of people going all right well I, I trust you just because you're military you may not have heard anything come out of my mouth yet but you just have that mm-hmm. uh, that immediate bond of trust it's, yeah it's awesome. yeah you hear well I hear stuff is there, is there any uh, trash talk between the branches though sometimes you know you hear oh you hear absolutely some of that. yeah so you know the uh, uh, when we were first on there was the the uh, the five the five dudes and there was me I'm the only Air Force uh, veteran and we had uh, Army two uh, two Navy and a Marine um, so it was oh, great nonstop between the, yeah. group, the five of us I mean it was just absolutely nonstop harassing each other and uh, yes very much. Uh, you know, they give me a hard time about being chair force and all that type of stuff. So it's, uh, <laughs> it, it's quite all right. I get to enjoy the Hilton while they're living in a, in a hole in a foxhole. So it's okay. 
That's it, right? Yeah, that's great, man. I love it. I love it. So you mentioned your some of your own deals, right? Some of your own multifamily mm-hmm. deals and how st- that stuff started coming together quickly. I, I find it fascinating how it seems like it's a lot of investors' path, how there's this period of discovery and study, which you mentioned you were in for a period of years, and then there's kind of like this explosion of, of activity and investment, right? Um, what did your journey look like going from I guess your first exposure to multifamily investing, you know, through the education piece to actually starting to do deals. Yeah. So for me, I, I I had never, I was very much a paycheck to paycheck kind of guy. Um, You know, when I, back in the day, I was just, I mean, the government would give me a paycheck on the first and I'd have until the 15th to spend every penny of it. They give me another paycheck on the 15th and then I'd have till the first to spend it all. So that's just what I did. Um, I didn't think about investing and I think about my future. There was no, none of that. Um, And then uh, after I got out and got married, uh, it was like a a light switch in my brain. Like she had this, my wife, Raquel, she had this thing called a bank account, like a savings account. And I was like, what, what do you have the savings account thing for? Right. So, I mean, I literally started with no knowledge of anything at all, you know, like that's um, which is kind of how, you know, and, like Secrets of the Millionaire Mind is one of my favorite books. And when you, when you read that, it starts talking about, you know, your thought process and money stems from probably what you saw growing up with money, um, right. unless you had something that changed it. And for me, I had my wife changed it. And um, so she was like, hey, you should look at real estate because her parents had a house and her grandma had a couple houses and, um, you know, just extra income that they had coming in. Uh, and I was like, all right, yeah, sure. I'll go lose money in the stock market first. So that's what I did. I, I thought I'd do stocks and lost a bunch of money, well, not a bunch of money. Relatively speaking, it was uh, not a lot, but at the time it was, it was a lot mentally. Um, and then I was like, all right, fine. I'll look at this real estate stuff. So I started with single family and uh, duplexes and triplexes trying to figure out how I can invest in it. And I just kind of restructured um, uh, like constructed where I wanted to be in my future and how we were going to get there. And then I was like, well, that's a lot of single family houses to get there. Right. Um, so that's when I really started to look at the, you know, commercial multifamily side of the house and go, all right, well, you know, listening to all sorts of podcasts and books and I mean, uh, hundreds and hundreds of hours of everything. I mean, I, it, no matter where I was, I'd be listening to a podcast or a book, just trying to learn everything I could. Um, and then finally I was like, yep, we're going to do this. And it, I went to a conference and I, and analysis paralysis is a really, really, really bad thing for me. Like, I mean, I'm the guy that'll stand in, in Walmart, like looking at four different printers, like Googling them online, making sure that I understand exactly what each one of them does. And I'm just, and then I'll go home and be like, no, I need to research more. Like it's, it's right. a printer, just buy the printer, Adam. And uh, um, so, I mean, I did that for about four years before I finally was like, you know, I just need to go to a conference. That'd be the one more thing that helps me get there. And then I went to a Rod Khalif conference and like, I was answering everybody's question around me. I was like, you idiot. Like, you know what you're doing. Just go out and do it. So then I jumped into a, uh, um, a mastermind group and it really, that's where I really changed, changed the, the thought process. It, it turned from a, a hobby into like, no, I'm a real estate investor. And um, within just a few, like, I think within six months of being in the mastermind group, I had, I had my first deal. Um, and all it took was me getting around like-minded individuals who had the same motivations, the same mindsets that all wanted to do the same thing instead of, being around all of my, you know, military brothers and sisters, veterans who were just like, they'd come back from deployment, want to buy a Corvette. No, like come back from deployment and buy a cash flowing property is, is where I, where I think it's the best use of that. So once I was around people who started thinking like that, that's what really changed, changed my trajectory. So I partnered up with some folks um, in uh, the wheelbarrow profits community with uh, Jake and Gino. And I absolutely love their, uh, their crew, their team. And it, it uh, um, really pole vaulted me into where, where I could go. So that was my first deal experience. And there was a JV with some partners there. 
Yeah, I love it. There's, you know, two two things that stand out to me there. And one is is this face-to-face connection with people mm-hmm. that are doing the same thing. There's just no substitute for it. Um, there's no there's no better accelerator from what I've seen. Same thing for me, you know, over the course of my career, and I've seen it for countless other people, is uh we live in this we've got this awesome opportunity through podcasting, audiobooks, books, <clears throat> to get a lot of the nuts and bolts and a lot of the nomenclature and stuff ingested. And that's really helpful. And it's important. You can use downtime and drive time and stuff to get there, but you you have to connect with other people and something happens when you do that. And then you mentioned the mastermind group, right? Where you really have folks that have committed time, energy, money, energy to do this. And, and then you, you, you kind of tell yourself, well, look, I'm here just to do this thing. Let's, let's make it happen. So those are, those are huge like turning points from what I see in, in a lot of investors um, journeys. How do you coach people that you're talking with to, you know, to kind of go through that process? Cause there's, there's a lot in there, right? There is. Yeah. There's a lot involved with it. And you know, it, what it comes down to for me is um, when I'm talking to somebody, I, what are their goals and what is their why? Right. right. Like, um, once we figure out what their why is, once we figure out what their goals are, it makes life a lot easier. Like, do you just want to buy one or two single family houses to augment your income, but you really enjoy, you know, what you're doing. So you don't want to do a ton of extra work involved. Like, I mean, that's obviously going to be a little bit different. Um, but it, most of the people, especially through the ADPI, the active duty passive income group were, uh, I'm only focused mostly on multifamily there. Right. So I'm coaching people through the multifamily side of the house and how to find a property, how to do due diligence on it. Um, so everybody there already knows this is what they want to do. Um, right. So now it's more, all right, so um, how do you stay motivated, right? So keeping people engaged, like stay engaged in the group. If you guys start to fall out of engagement, you know, it, it goes back to that, the five people you're around. You are the five people you're around. Like keep yourself surrounded by five people that really want to do this. So if that's the mastermind group, that's a great place to be because we all want to do this. We all want to stay focused. So um staying engaged and always having a, a plan. Like, cause if you have your why and you have your why like on your whiteboard, um, I have usually have my why's all up here on my whiteboard, ready to go. Like, and part yep. of my why are my, uh, the folks who I'm coaching, right? I want to see you guys close deals. So awesome. if you have the why in front of you and it's there, it's going to make a difference. Um, so understand what your why is, understand where you want to go um, and why you're doing it, uh, what your goals are, I should say. So uh, those are the biggest things I want people to focus on is your mindset is going to change all of that. And you're not going to change your mindset unless you understand your goals and your why. Yeah, I love it. The, the, the why is huge. And I love something you mentioned earlier, Adam, about reverse engineering your goal, right? Mm-hmm. And that, that's a simple but very powerful model to say, yeah, if I have a goal, X amount of cash flow or equity or whatever the case is, you start building in a single family model and go... It's, it just, it doesn't, it breaks. Right. And so, um, you know, that's something I'm always telling people too, is what is, what is your outcome? I mean, the why for sure, why, why you has got to drive all of it, but then now getting down to the nuts and bolts of what do you want? Do you want a hundred unit apartment complex in the next 18 months? If that's the, if that's the target, then you can reverse engineer what kind of equity you're going to need. You can reverse engineer, you know, what your risk capital is going to be in your pursuit costs. You can reverse engineer kind of all the pieces and then plug in, you know, if you can't do it yourself, that's great. A lot of us can't in multifamily. You plug in partners, right? Yeah. To, to, to get it done. Yep, completely agreed. So, um, 
I love, I love that, that kind of component of keeping people engaged through the mastermind too. Do you guys break it out into smaller groups that, that kind of stay together or is it a larger group or how do you guys structure your, you know, that, that piece for the engagement component? Cause that's important, right? Keeping your motivation yes. over a long time. Yep. So uh, right now we have it just in larger groups. Um, we uh, encourage folks to like, we've got a Zoom account set up for them to be able to jump on anytime they want. Like if they've got a deal and they want to get some folks in the group to get together and go over it, they can. Um, I mean, our, our group is, is semi-small to begin with. Um, but uh, um, the, the way we keep engagement, oftentimes we have uh, uh, an app called, or a, yeah, Voxer. I don't know if you know what Voxer is, but it's like a little walkie-talkie sure. app. And I mean, anytime somebody has a question, they can push a button on there. No matter, I mean, we have people uh, in Japan, we have people in Italy, we have people in Afghanistan, like, I mean, literally all over the world wow. yep. pushing a button to talk to us, right? And you have access to, uh, to me and Tim and all the other folks inside the mastermind at any time you want, um, which really helps keep engagement going. Um, so you're always hearing somebody's goals. You're always hearing somebody's um, uh, next target. You're always hearing that, okay, I've, yeah, I put an LOI in on this deal or whatever the case might be. Um, and if you're not staying engaged on there, then, then there's probably an issue. But that's like on a daily thing. And then every other week we have mastermind calls. We sit down. We bring folks on, uh, anything from SEC attorneys to uh, property management uh, uh, gurus to, I mean, uh, tonight, actually, we have uh, Jake and Gino coming on to our call uh, awesome. to kind of talk more multifamily stuff just to uh, keep folks motivated and engaged, um, you know, and, and constantly doing what we can to provide value because the more value that we provide, obviously, the more motivated everybody else is going to be to keep to keep on keeping on. So, um, you know, we, we really try to encourage partnerships amongst each other, you know, taking um, personality uh, tests to say, all right, well, if you're more of a left brain person, maybe you should find a right brain partner, that type of stuff. And really just kind of digging into that uh, as a, as a group. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Um, can we dive into to one of your deals and you don't have to get too specific, but just kind of overall, you know, market general size of the deal and kind of, kind of business plan to kind of get down into, into some of the stuff that you're working on. Okay, sure. So um, right now we've got, uh, let's see, we'll deal with uh, one of the most recent ones, an 80 unit property out in Indiana. Um, it's in the uh, Indianapolis uh, MSA. Um, it was a syndication, um, my, my first syndication, actually. So, cool. Fantastic. Um, it, uh, we've got uh, 12 investors on it. it uh, like I said, 80 units. Um, it was kind of underperforming. Um, there was, uh, the rents were, were very low. Um, we got it for a decent price. Um, would have liked to obviously get it a little bit better, but, uh, you know, always. it's, it's <laughs> what, what do we always? Yeah. 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 So, uh, but overall, I mean, uh, it's, it's doing really well right now. We bought it back in, uh, November is when we closed on it. Um, and as recording this is the beginning of July. So, um, We've gotten occupancy back up over 90% uh, consistently. We've gotten, um, you know, we've got a lot of uh, rehab going on. We're putting about $4,500 per door um, into it. Um, you know, it's a, it's about a, a C property in a B minus area. So, you know, it's, it's going to be good once we get everything up to snuff and we get all the rents up to uh, where they need to be, get all the rehabs done, putting good LVT flooring in and uh, putting up a, uh, uh, dog park, doing a uh, um, community playground uh, upgrade. So there's there's a lot of stuff that we've been doing already. Um, but of course, it, it doesn't come without hiccups. We had a, uh, a drunk driver crash through a, a eight eight uh, unit garage and destroyed all of them and took it off the foundation. And we had a 
a flood that affected three different units at the same time. So, I mean, we've been dealing with some hassles in there just in the last eight months of ownership as well. But uh, um, overall, um, really looking forward to getting it to be that B minus property in the uh, B minus area so that uh, our, our, our cap rate is um, going to provide us a much better return later on. So it's going yeah, to be I'll... about a five to seven year hold at this point. So, okay, perfect. Yeah. I love, thanks for the overview. I, I, I love it. And I love hearing about, you know, kind of some of the more specifics on deals. I like that you mentioned some of the challenges too, because um, that's, that's properties, man. I mean, I always say mm-hmm. if you put hundreds of people together on an acre or two, like, life's going to happen and a car wreck and floods and things like that. I mean, that's just, that's just the course of business. That's going to happen, right? That's not the exception. It's, that's the rule. Stuff's going to happen. So we have insurance, we have extra reserves of, of cash, things like that. And you deal with it, right? Um, what did you guys do for financing on that property? Uh, so that is a uh, Freddie Mac small balance loan. On that Love one. it. Great product. Uh, yep. Great it's, product. Uh, so far, it's been fantastic. Um, you know, you, you kind of wish there's a little bit more restrictions during COVID, but with the rates changing and fluctuating, we're like, well, you know, might have been nice a couple, a couple months later, but at the same point, you know, it, uh, we got it really well. Uh, it worked out really well. I think it's 4.1%, if I recall correctly. Um, yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, it, it works really well. It's a great product and we're excited about it. Yeah, that's, that's a, we've got a few of those. We're actually working on one now and you mentioned COVID, you know, we're having to escrow a year of payments, right? Yeah. So we're, we're doing some very creative things to, <laughs> to check that box for the bank, which, which I'm pleased with, you know, you just gotta, you just gotta be creative in these times. Um, and so, yeah, there's a trade-off, right? We're getting maybe a little bit lower rate now, but then we're having an escrow. So it's always going to be something. I think you mentioned analysis paralysis earlier. It's really um, tempting to want, all the lights to be green before you start your journey. Right. And it's like, ah, boy, we could have got the rate a little bit better. Well, yep, for sure. But then you didn't have a COVID escrow to deal with at the time either. And so there's just, there's just going to be trade-offs. And what I always say is you never winning or losing all the things, you know, we might be losing because property taxes are going up, but we're winning because rents are going up a lot too. And it's, Mm -hmm. you're not going to, you're not going to get all of it. Um, so, so you guys uh, mentioned you got a handful of investors on there. Did you do a 506B offering on this thing? Was it just a JV type deal or how did you guys structure it? If you're at liberty to discuss that. Nope. Yeah, it was a 506C offering on that one. Um, and uh, kind of break that down for people if, if they're not familiar. Uh, sure. Yeah. So um, 506C, uh, and I'm, I'm probably going to, am I going to get this backwards right now? 506C. Yeah, no kidding. Right. Uh, 506C is accredited investors only, correct? Um, yep. Yeah. And then 506B. So accredited investors, um, I mean, the IRS has, has rules on what an accredited investor is. Uh, basically, you have a net worth of a million dollars or more, uh, not including your home, or you have an income of $250,000 or more uh, or $200,000 or more um, uh, a year, and you can get you know accredited verification through a CPA and all that type of stuff. So um but those are 506C are for only accredited investors. 506B, you can allow non-accredited investors. You have to have a pre-existing relationship with them. Um, I am not an SEC attorney, so talk to your SEC attorney before Love uh, going yep. through all of this. You have to confirm that <laughs> right. uh, with them. Uh, but uh, but you have to have a pre-existing relationship. With a 506B, you cannot um, advertise at all. So you're not pushing your stuff out on Facebook. You're not doing all of that type of stuff. It's only for people you have a pre-existing relationship with. And it's a substantive pre-existing relationship. So... Uh, but a 506C, you can, you know, advertise out to the world, but you can't take anybody that is not accredited. 
Uh, and then a 506B, if we want to get even more down to it, it can only take 35 non-accredited investors, but they have to be sophisticated investors. So uh, yep, yep. that's part so those, of that knowledge. Yep. Those are some of the nuances there of, of investing in these things, but uh, yeah, pretty straightforward stuff once you kind of get yep. acclimated to it. So I want to go back to the, the 80 unit property. What did you guys do for your your property management was it somebody local you had a relationship with did you did you interview management companies how did you approach that piece of it so one of uh, one of my partners on this deal um, already has a property about 10 minutes from there and Love they it. went through I think three different property management companies before they got to this one and they really liked this one and it was just it made sense just to bring them on to ours as well um, so you know me and my partners were all in different states right um, right before we were I mean in different countries at times so Um, we always require that we have a good quality set of boots on the ground, um, whether it's uh, a partner or a very trusted property management team. And in this case, it's a very trusted property management team that, uh, um, that took over for third party property management. So, yeah, that's boots on the ground is, is critical, right? Especially if you guys are geographically dispersed as you are. And the property management game is, is tricky. You know, you can't just throw any old group in there because it's such a vital component. I mean, we spend a lot of time as syndicators and operators running numbers and projections, but somebody's got to work that thing every day. And we know property management's hard and it's very people intensive and um, you, you got to have the right team in there. So if you, you've already got a, somebody that's gone through some of the work of cycling through some different companies and, spent that time and energy doing that. Um, that's definitely the reality for, for syndicators and operators is you're not just going to um, hit a home run. Although I, I did on a couple of properties where we got a, the first management company in there ended up just really crushing it, but you got to watch out too. You know, every, every management company is a little bit different. You got to get the right one in there because the, the end of the day, all this stuff's about operations, right? I mean, yep. it's, you know, you spend raising money and getting a deal done is exciting. And it's like, 60 days yeah. of a five-year hold, right? Yeah. <laughs> the rest of the and five you know, years is... And is, they control uh, it, right? And right. they could end up putting you in jail as the owner. So, I mean, make sure that you have a good property management team that's doing what they're supposed to be doing, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Hugely important. Well, that's, that's outstanding that you had somebody already do that, kind of go through, burn those cycles, uh, validate that you had, a you know, boots on the ground, um, team member there. Cause as team members go, multifamily investing is a team sport. As team members go, your property management company's um, super important on the, I want to touch on the rehab there. You guys mentioned you're spending 4,500 bucks a door. Um, walk us through what a, what a typical rehab looks like for you kind of, you know, current state. And then what does it look like after you guys uh, are done with it? Okay. So uh, what we're doing is, unless it's a two story, um, you know, unless, unless there's a person below it, we're trying to do all, um, you know, LVT flooring, have good, uh, uh, good, good vinyl plank type stuff down on the ground. Sure. Um, you know, carpet, if it's on a second floor type of thing, uh, but we're trying not to have very much carpet in there at all. We want to try to upgrade it, uh, pretty good. So we're upgrading any, any appliance that needs to be changed. So basically like we wrote out a, an entire SOP, um, for the property management team, like, Hey, um, if, if this, then that, you know, like if, right. if this faucet um, uh, is peeling, then you're changing it to this, right? And you're upgrading that, you know, if, um, if the uh, uh, carpet needs to be changed, then you're upgrading to this LVT or the, the plank um, flooring, right? So everything has its, has a spot. So uh, we're getting rid of a lot of old carpets um, and uh, covering up. So we had, you know, some 
a lot of, you know, 1980s, 1970s vintage stuff in there. The, I mean, like a full wall that's mirrored, right? We're getting rid of all of that. Like Love you don't it. need a full mirrored wall for any reason whatsoever. Like there's no ever reason <laughs> for that in the dining room of all places, right? Um, so we're getting rid of all those. Uh, there's a lot of tile that is like multicolored tile all over the place. We're like, nope, we're getting rid of that cheap, crappy multicolored tile and putting in a nice, uh, more modern look, um, you know, getting uh, white cabinets, uh, mostly uh, just painting the white cabinets. Uh, that's that's probably the hardest part of the kitchen remodel. Uh, sure. Or not remodel, but kitchen rehab, just because, I mean, if you don't do that right, um, that, that ends up being terrible. So you need a good contractor that's going to be doing that properly. Uh, otherwise, it's going to be peeling within just a couple months. But um, uh, redoing uh, some countertops. Not very many of the countertops need to be redone. So that one's pretty easy. So for the most part, it is flooring, paint, and fixtures. Um, getting rid of any of those. I mean, we have a couple uh, kitchens that have like the long, um, uh, uh, what you call it, light bulbs, the the really long. Uh, uh, fluorescent. Fluorescent. Thank you. Yeah. Getting rid yeah. of the really long fluorescent light bulbs and put something like more modern actual fixture up top there. So um, nothing is, is really all that major. Uh, the biggest one that we, we changed was the, uh, the one that's covered by insurance because we had to change pretty much everything in there. I mean, the, the walls and everything. So because of the floods. So um, uh, but really just making it a much more modern look and turning it into, again, that, that B minus asset. We're not, you know, we're not putting granite countertops. This is not an A class asset. We're not, that's not our goal with it at all. It is more sure. just, uh, putting it up to where the market uh, needs it to be. Yeah. I love it. One of the things I love about multifamily is it's not rocket science, the interiors, yeah. you know, I mean, there's a lot of moving parts for the whole business, but interior is, is just not. Um, that crazy. If you go on to flip a house for a million bucks, you know, your, your fixture choices like, and appliance choices, like they really matter. And that's not mm -hmm. the case here. You know, uh, you're, yep. you're just kind of doing a uniform thing. And then also, you know, you might have a 80 unit apartment complex. Well, they're not going to, most people are not going to see each other's apartments. They could basically be uniform, which creates mm -hmm. a lot of scale. Uh, you know, it's easier to scale. It's easier to buy materials in bulk. It's easier to just go crank out a bunch of units and um from i guess from a construction design perspective it's pretty lightweight a lot of the time which is cool versus flipping houses say yeah and we get so. to you get to kind of play a little bit more too with an ad unit property right or with, with a larger market family as a whole right so if right. you're redoing some like what you could kind of test the market and see where things are at and right like especially with this uh, like i mentioned the insurance covered one uh we did a little bit more so now we get to test the market like if we did more rehab, are we going to get a return on that investment, right? All sure. of those covered by insurance. Um, but now we get to say, okay, well, if we put it to this, all of them to this level, will we get a good return on our investment just by playing with a, with one or two units? So, um, you know, you, if you're playing that game with one or two houses, that ends up being rough. But if you're playing that game with one or two units in an 80 unit property, you know, you're not, you're not going to be out much if it, if the market doesn't take. So. Yeah, that's such a great point. You've got some insurance money. So you're kind of playing with house money there and then you, you can test it out. I've, I've, we see that a lot on properties we tour is, Hey, this little section's rehabbed a lot nicer. Oh, they had some insurance money and if the ROI is there and it's, it's, uh, it's getting leased up, maybe do some more of them. Um, what do you, what would you say, you know, now that having gone through this and having the uh, active duty passive income platform, what, what, would, what would be your advice to somebody that's newer to this industry, wants to get in, wants to get started? What, what would you have to say to that person? So what I say to everybody that wants to get in, like get in, right? So the, the only way to take action is to take action. And I think that the, the best way to do it is, again, to get yourself around like-minded individuals um, who have the same kind of thought process. Get around other people who 
are in the industry, right? I always tell people that I want to be the dumbest and poorest person in every room I walk in, right? If Love I can it. be the dumbest and poorest person, that's great. Um, so put yourself in a position that you're around other people who are doing this, um, whether it's a mastermind, whether it's um, a Facebook group, whether it's, um, you know, going to conferences or events, like the feeling that you get when you go to those, I mean, I tell you what, coming back from any conference or event is, is a game changer, right? You're like you feel so good, but it doesn't last, right? That doesn't last forever. So you have to keep right staying engaged. So that's why I say getting in those mastermind groups makes a big difference. You're getting on calls all the time. You're seeing different things. Um, so always, always, always get yourself around like-minded individuals, surround yourself with, um, you know, five people that you, you know, again, going back to that, you are the five people you hang around with most, um, get yourself around five people that you want to be like. Um, and that's usually the, one of the first things I recommend, you know, get yourself educated, get yourself around like-minded people and get engaged. Yeah, such powerful takeaways, Adam. I really appreciate it. If someone wants to connect with you, what's a good avenue for that? Sure. So uh, my email is adam at activedutypassiveincome.com. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on LinkedIn. Um, You know, uh, I'm terrible at social media. Uh, if you shoot me a message on LinkedIn or Facebook, I will, I will definitely reply to you or shoot me an email. I'll definitely reply to you. I'm, I hate being on, uh, um, on, on the social media platforms. I just struggle with that because again, like you mentioned before, there's something different about being in front of somebody. Like even this, I, I right. much prefer this cause I'm on, I'm actually looking at your face while we're talking, you know, it makes sure. my life a lot easier. So, uh, but yeah, you can still find me on all this stuff. Yeah. Awesome. We'll link to that in the show notes. Uh, Adam, thank you so much for coming on, sharing your story. I wish you continued success. Thank you very much. I really appreciate uh, your time. Awesome. Thank you for listening to the DJE podcast. For more information, please go to djetexas.com.